0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Phalanx Arms Podcast. And today we're going to be going over um, like a typical PRS loadout and, and you know, what what are people running as far as a rifle setup and everything that they else, everything else that we have with us, uh, take to a match, some nice to haves versus need to haves, and some different things like that and i'm freaking pumped. I've been jamming Bad Omens in the shop all day. If you haven't listened to Bad Omens, uh check them out. I feel like rock. Uh I've really been digging it. But so, getting into the the kind of the heart of everything is the rifle. Today we're just going to be going over the the bolt gun side of things. I'm not a I, I don't shoot a gas gun. I'm I'm not super knowledgeable on that side of things. Um if it's If you're thinking about it and you want to get more info, let me know. I may try and get someone that does that on here to go over that. But today we're just going to be going over the bolt gun stuff. So there's a couple different... So we're primarily going to be discussing the open uh, division side of things. You can do production. We'll cover a couple things on that. But we're just going to kind of go through the the different components, different things, um, work our way through it. But starting off with the action, so pretty much everybody runs some sort of Remington 700 clone, custom action that's, uh, you know, a repeater and magazine fed. The the most popular options are Impacts, Lone Peak, Defiance, uh, Zermatt, the old uh, Bighorn actions, and Curtis Customs. Um, and you'll kind of find a, a a common trend. Any of the stuff that's at the top of these lists that are super popular, they're very popular for a reason. They're all really good. It's you know, there's gonna be some personal preference stuff in there. but we're gonna go over what most people are running at the end. I'll give you a breakdown of what what I'm running. but those are the top uh, actions. The Remington seven hundred footprint definitely helps. There's so many different accessories and different options that are based off of that footprint so you know there are, other, are others like Tika and savage and some things like that but if you're going to build a gun the Rumington 700 clones is the way to go um barrels bartland is by and large the most popular and proof proof research is uh very up there as well um, there's there's others, um, you know there's Krieger and Mullerworks Works and some other things like that. But those are at least the, the two most popular. Most guys are going to run a 26 or a 28 inch barrel, um, with probably the more popular length being the 26 with a heavy profile. Um, generally, the 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 lightest profile I tend to see is like an M24. Um, or a lot of guys will do an MTU or heavier, or even just a straight one, two, five, um, all the way out. Um, it, it makes the gun, the rifles heavier, but the bigger thing is it helps, it helps the rifle balance where it needs to. Um, and the balance is going to really play a key when you're shooting like positional stuff, but that's generally what what guys are running for uh for barrels triggers trigger tech is by and large the most popular and then bix and andy is really starting to gain some ground um with with the trigger techs um, the diamond is probably the most popular um the special is another good option that it doesn't go as light um and i don't think it's quite as clean of a break but it is still a nice trigger um, and then with the bix and andy it's the tax sport pro also goes very light, like the diamonds, super super crisp. Um, and then they have uh, just the regular tax sport, similar to like the the trigger tech special. I believe it goes down to a pound, um, but the diamond and the tax sport pro are generally what people are running. And the the pull weight varies a ton. Um, it is generally on the lighter side. Um, I, I I would say just about everybody probably runs it from like four ounces up to probably a pound and a half, where most people are probably in the eight or ten ounce to a pound range. I like I like having them a little lighter, but that's generally what where people are landing. For stocks the, so stocks or chassis, I think it, between a stock and a chassis, it's probably gonna be a personal preference. The chassis today are definitely more modular than most of the stock options, but um, the stocks do have, I think, you know, a different feel, a little, little different recoil impulse, but as far as chassis go, MPA, Masterpiece Arms, and MDT are going to be the the popular ones. Um, MPA has the Matrix and the Matrix Pro, both super solid options. Um, the MDT, MDT has the ACC. They've got their the old ACC Premier, and now they have the new ACC Elite, that has a, a few you know modifications and some improvements. Then, as far as stocks, um, Foundation and Manners are definitely the two that are up there. Um, the Foundation has. Uh, their, the MG2, the, the the second version of the Genesis, and the Centurion are their two uh, more match style offerings. And then Manners, the one that's really geared towards PRS is the the TCS. Um, it has some really cool options as far as uh, weights and Arca and some things like that. Uh, and I know and there's other guys that will run like different options for Manner. I think the T4A and T2A, um, but the TCS is really the one that's the most geared towards uh, the PRS scope mounts. This one, um, there's a there's a ridiculous amount of good options. Um, Spur, Hawkins, uh, MPA, American Rifle Company, Vortex, all of those are at the top. All very solid. Generally, I do see people running one piece mounts. Uh, they they're generally more Rugged, and they've got different mounting options. If you want to run uh, like top rails for what would be for like a laser rangefinder, uh, great for for hand placement off of barricades, red dots, bubble levels, all that fun stuff. But generally, uh, the one I think the one-piece mount is the way to go. Brakes, a uh, bunch of different options out there. The ones I'm seeing the most of area 419. APA, uh, American Precision Arms, and Ace tend to, are the most popular ones right now. I think brakes are – I've been asked a handful of times between, you know, should I shoot a brake or should I shoot a suppressor? Um, personally, I think a brake is the way to go. You do see some people shooting suppressed, um, or uh, Area 419 has their Maverick that's kind of a combo – suppressor break kind of thing i don't so the big thing is so that like the brakes like an ace so they're they're an effective break but they move they don't have they're not quite as concussive um it's more of a a flat break versus angle coming back so the the shock to the shooter and that concussion is is minimized so it's, it's going to kind of depend on what route you're wanting to go but there's options if you want to go with a super loud, very effective brake, or something like an Ace that is still effective but less concussive, or a straight-up suppressor, or something in between like the Maverick. But generally, brakes are what I'm seeing out there. Cartridges. So this, this could be a, a, an episode all on its own but we're just going to kind of touch on on the more popular ones The six dasher is by and large the most popular 6GT is really climbing up there there's still a lot of guys shooting Creedmoor's 6.5 and the 6mm 6BR and the 6BRA The, the whole the whole gist of it is you get a light recoiling cartridge so that you can spot your impacts when you're shooting off of positional stuff and you know, there's, there's a lot. This is what I do love about the sport. It's it's getting so competitive, and there's so much new stuff coming out. When when this first started, everyone was trying all these different cartridges, and then it kind of, you know, there were certain trends. It was, you know, 6.547 and 6.5 Creedmoor, and then it was 6 Creedmoor at blazing speeds, and now it's 6s going really slow. And now people are starting to – Test a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, looking for that little edge and stuff like that. But by and large, if if you're gonna if you're gonna have a gun built, uh, a six millimeter on some sort of BR type case, the BR BRA or the Dasher, they're super easy to shoot, super easy to load for. That's that's the way to go. Dasher GT BR BRA. Um, Morgan King is crushing it with a six Creedmoor. You know, and there's a lot of other different things that people are messing with, but that's that's generally what everyone is doing. And, and if you're getting into it and you're wanting, I would say go dasher. It's it's the easy button. It's everyone and their dog shoots one. So if you're on a stage and people are talking dope and wind calls and stuff like that, you'll be right there in the realm with everyone. We, it it might be fun to do an episode over cartridges just because there's a billion different things that people try um so gunsmiths um find yourself a good trustworthy gunsmith there's a bunch of them out there but a team uh west texas Ordnance, ga precision Studeville, those are those are, so i've personally used a team west texas ordinance and ga precision all of them make do phenomenal work. I don't have anything from Studeville, but they are top tier. tons and tons and tons of people have used them. but just a good gunsmith will help alleviate any dumb, unneeded issues. uh magazines um some sort of a i c s pattern mag. Um, MDT I think is probably um, probably one of the best options they've got stuff for just about any kind of cartridge you can think of but a a 10 round or 12 round mag don't the only thing to keep in mind is if you get a dasher or BR or BRA uh, you'll need a BR mag that has the spacer in the back that gets the cartridge a little farther forward in the mag so it'll feed properly. Um, but you can get accuracy international, you know, in, in any of the AICS mags. Maybe do a little depending on whatever cartridge you're you're selecting, maybe do a little bit of research just make sure people aren't having issues. I like the MDT mags. They're I think they're just they're easy and they work optics so this is one don't don't skimp on your scope uh, you are literally looking through it for every target it needs to be it needs to function well you need to be able to see just I understand they get they get very expensive very fast but get yourself a good scope. Uh, the loophole Mark V, the Vortex Razor, the Gen Three six to thirty-six, or even the Gen Two four and a half to twenty-seven, the Night Force Attacker the seven to 35, Zero Compromise their five to twenty-seven, or hell even their new eight to forty, Tangent Theta has a fi- uh, a great five to twenty-five. They have a new seven to thirty-five coming out. The Collis K. Uh, 525I. I've never used a us It's something I would I would like to get some time with. But any of those options, I think you're safe with. They're they're proven. They're they're quality optics, and there's a re- there's a reason that everyone is using them. But the the big thing get get one of these reputable scopes. Get a first focal plane scope with uh all with this type of shooting you you can do it with a second focal plane i think you're just asking for a headache if you if you do try it i know guys have done it but get yourself a first focal plane scope that way the subtensions are the same no matter what magnification you're running and you, c- you could run you know anywhere from 12 to 25 power in these matches it just don't make yourself do extra math on the clock then reticles this i think this is a big personal preference there's uh guys that like the uh some sort of christmas tree type reticle or ones without it that's just your um crosshair without all the stuff underneath i do think it's going to be personal preference the the whole gist with the not having a Christmas tree is that it's it's clearer there's less going on so that when you shoot and it recoils, you can look and there's less obscuring so that you can see where you hit and you don't have all these dots and different things covering it up i I do like some sort of Christmas tree for like holdover stages or whatever the case may be I I, I personally. Like it, some people could probably argue otherwise. I think it's the way to go, um, but with that, don't you know stuff like the uh, like the tremor reticles that have eighteen thousand dots and hash marks and stuff like it's too much. There's for for what we're doing, there's there's too much going on and it obscures too much. So that that's really the only thing I'd probably say don't go towards. Outside of that, it's probably going to be a personal preference on a reticle. Bipods. Atlas, you can't go wrong with an Atlas. Uh, The MDT Skypods, um, AccuTac, Harris, and Thunderbeast are probably the, the top options, what I'm seeing the most of. There's a really big price variation through that you know harris's are about a 100 bucks um the atlases uh, or Acutax, you know 200 ish atlas is 300 SkyPods are 600 plus it it depends on how much you want to spend i th- i think they're i think I do think it's worth spending some extra. Um, there's a ton of guys that run Harris's and just absolutely kill with them. They're not necessarily my personal favorite. I think they're they're, they're incredibly solid. That's just I do tend to have other preferences, but any of those, you're solid. For a ballistic solver, you need some sort of ballistic solver. If you're gonna compete and you' and you're gonna regularly be going to this, I recommend a Kestrel. You can do the Hornady Ford off app. It's a it's a great app. I've messed around with it a little bit. I I personally prefer Kestrel with the Applied Ballistics. It there's just so much you can do with it. They're, they're incredibly accurate. But you you need some sort of solver. If if you're just getting into it, you know, you can you can download the Applied Ballistics app on your phone, you can do the the Ford off app, you can do Straylock, you know something like that, but I, I personally Kestrel is the way to go. Shooting bags. There are 18 billion different shooting bags. You don't need them all. Don't spend money on twenty different bags. Armageddon gear and weebat are hands down the most popular. Both of them are gonna make great bags and there's different shapes, different sizes, different fills, different materials that they're made out of, get one. Um, I would suggest the wax canvas bags are the way to go. They're more flexible, they provide some grip um, with your rifle and on the the barricade. And the heavy sand fill in my experience tends to be the most stable. There's guys that do mixtures of like the sand and the light or just the light. If you're just going to get get one, get like a, a Game Changer if you're going Armageddon gear or, or a Tater Tot if you're going wee bad. You can't go wrong with either one of them. They will they, they'll work great. Get one of those, get it in a wax canvas, get it with heavy sand, and you'll be good to go. Tripods. This is one... Tripods can get really expensive really fast. And especially if you're... Not a big hunter, or, or you know, you're not getting into the sport. You can look at the price tag on some of these tripods and just think, oh, you know, holy crap! They are worth it. If you're getting into it, you know, maybe hold off a little bit, and you can, you know, maybe get by with something that you've got, or you know, maybe you know, find someone that will you know, kind of let you tag along with at a match or something like that. But uh, Vortex. Uh, really, Right stuff. Two Vets, Leo Photo, they all make really, really good tripods. Um, a carbon fiber tripod is—they're—they're they're amazing. They're going to be lighter. They're incredibly strong. Um, and having one—I I, forgive me—I don't know the—I guess the technical, but the—the the one where all, all of the legs meet at the center. And that is the top of your tripod. that's the way to go. These ones that have the column that moves up and down in the middle They're just not sturdy enough in my opinion. Um, when it gets in wind or you know if you're trying to lean on it or something like that, it they can be a pain in the butt. Um, but any of those you'll be you'll be good to go. Spotting optics for when you know while you're not shooting you know looking for targets watching other guys shoot you can either go with the spotting scope or a pair of binoculars by and large i see people running binoculars i do think when you're looking through glass for hours and hours a day binoculars are the way to go it's just easier on your eyes you're comfortable some guys run spotting scopes um, but with having to look through with one eye, they're generally heavier, bulkier. Again, maybe a personal preference. If you want a spotting scope that has a reticle, you know, solid, solid option. Um, but I do think binoculars is the way to go. Um, I generally see Vortex, Swarovski, and uh, Loophole. I do think quality binoculars, even outside of PRS, are worth their weight in gold. If you're just getting into it and you're, you know, maybe trying something out, you know, like the Vortex um, Vipers or uh, the Diamondbacks, you know, not a, not a crazy expensive option that will at least, you know, get you in the game, but like the Vortex UHDs or the Swarovski um, STC, uh, sorry, I don't, run, I don't run the Swarovskis, I can't remember the exact model, but Vortex or Swar- Swarovski or Leupold, Generally, like a 12, somewhere between a 12 and 18 power is, is good to go. I, I have 12s. Um, I do think probably the sweet spot is, is probably like a 15 to 18. One, the higher magnification helps, I think, see, see things at the target better. And you're generally shooting most people um, on like 15 to 20 power through your scope. So, having binoculars in that power range, I think, helps for when you get behind the scope, everything looks the same, that kind of deal. Ammo. So, this is going to depend a lot on what cartridge you choose, um, on whether or not you're going to have factory ammo, or if you're going to reload. So, that's going to be on you, you know, depending on. What cartridge you chose? Berger and Hornady By and large the most popular bullets uh, The burger hybrids and the long-range hybrids are amazing. They're They suck to try to find right now uh, Which it is what it is but they're Phenomenal bullets the Hornady a tips That's what I use. I I think they're phenomenal um, they're they're incredibly consistent then uh, the ELDM's you know they're a little bit more of a, a budget friendlier option but uh, still I think pretty solid uh, bullet options brass uh, alpha and Lapua uh, if if one of those companies doesn't make brass for it I generally don't shoot it um, the new Alpha OCD brass is just the bomb. It it's it's crazy consistent. It just it works and they make some cartridges that you previously always had to fire form for like Dasher and BRA and they offer factory head stamp brass so Alpha Lapua personally in that order for me. So that that just that's kind of, and you can also check this out. The PRS website has a pretty good breakdown of like how many people are running different things, um, you know, in each category on their website. My setup, so I'm running an Impact Seven Thirty Seven. It's the bomb. Um, I I have I also have a Zermatt TL Three and uh, Defiance Action. They're 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 both great. I just like the Impact. I've got a Lone Peak getting built right now. I I have always run Bartland barrels, always. Um, I am this barrel I'm currently using is a Muller Works. Um, I was able to get it in time, which was probably the biggest thing. Uh, it shoots really really well, so you know it may be an option for me moving forward. But Bartland... Uh, is what I have always historically run, and that's what literally everything else is that I have. I just switched to the Bix and Andy Taxport Pro. That trigger is freaking phenomenal. Um, it's stupid crisp, it, it, and you—I'm running it at five ounces. You can get it super low, and it's just—it's still very, very clean. They've got. Um, replaceable trigger shoes so if you want a 90 uh smooth curved uh rib curve um they have one so i'm running what's called the gator uh, it's like a heavy textured kind of like a, if you were to take the uh like the grip of a 1911 kind of thing um i think it's freaking money um foundation centurion stock i the I can't say enough how much I freaking love the foundations. Um, they're kind of like works of art, honestly. They just they look so amazing, but the the fit and finish to them is ridiculous. Um, and then the the recoil impulse is great. It's just they're awesome. I I run the Centurion. Um, the Centurion has a, a wider uh, forend and a vertical grip that's uh, closer to the the trigger. I'd, I'd have. Um, Kind of short-ish fingers, so that that works really well for me. The MG2 is is also you know incredibly popular, but I I like the Centurion. I got it in black because it's freaking awesome. Um, and then I'm running some brass uh, weights in the forend uh, for a mount. Um, so I, I've I had always run spurs. I'm switching to a Hawkins Precision one-piece mount. They're Freaking awesome. Uh, I love it that it comes with a bubble level and a top rail. Just, they're awesome. And Hawkins is just, they're such a big supporter. All of these companies are, are huge supporters. And that's one, I, th- I honestly believe that the stuff I'm running is the best. But I also love that all of these companies support our sport in the industry. Um, I run an MDT uh, Send It level. If you haven't seen it, it's an electronic level that instead of a bubble level. And none of this stuff is, is cheap. It's kind of an expensive sport. But for a accessory that is a couple hundred bucks, it is, I think, one of the cheapest things that you can put on your rifle that will legitimately speed you up. On on the clock, um, you can mount it in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Brandt Built has a cool deal that I'm, I'm thinking about trying that brings the LEDs right up to your eyepiece on your scope. But the MDT Senate level is badass. Um, muzzle brake I'm currently I'm currently running an Ace break. Um, I've run an Area 419. Previously and that's what I have on everything else. I'm probably going to switch back to the area 419 The ace break is great Um, It works really well, but there, you know the whole thing is it it helps um, Not bring as much concussion back to the shooter Personally, I don't really have an issue with that noise Um, And I do think the area 419 is a more effective break, but it is a it is a more violent break but probably going to switch back to the area 419 um, plus I'm shooting a couple suppressed matches so their little system makes it super easy to take the break off and run a can uh, I'm shooting a 22 GT this year um, like I was saying there's a million different things people are trying you know messing around with cartridge wise but I'm running a 22 GT with the Alpha brass and 90 grain. Uh, Hornady A-Tips, it shoots really well. It's stupid flat, but um, I mean it's 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 moving fast. I'm running them at uh, 30, 31, 35. Oh, at the at the match this past weekend at um, King of Cold Canyon. And granted, density altitude was like eighty seven hundred feet or something like that. But I think my I think my dope to a thousand yards was like mils it's just incredibly flat but this is my first year running the 22 gt still messing around with a little bit but i do like it so far gunsmith 18 precision Uh, brian allen uh, brought me onto the team this year shoots freaking lights out Um, brian's been around for a hot minute in the in this in the PRS and he, he's been super great to deal with uh, optics so scope we're gonna you'll see I, I run vortex pretty much everything um, I've just I've always been a really big fan of vortex um, and have just slowly accumulated more and more of their stuff and really like it but I'm running the new gen 3 6 to 36. Uh, mills Um, (laughs) if you're gonna get if you're buying a new scope and you're go mills everyone in this sport uses mills there's nothing wrong with MOA but communication is a really big deal just get mills it's you'll hate yourself a little less if you uh, go that way Uh, i generally shoot uh, like 18 to 20 magnification Um, if it's a prone stage where you know everything's easy to find i may bump up a little bit but that 18 to 20 is a good little sweet spot bipod i'm running an mdt skypod i do think they're the best um they they are so adjustable they're very solid and you I don't think you can beat them. They are the most expensive option out of the list, but they are, they're worth it. Um, I use the standard length single pull. Um, They do make a PRS short version. Um, I think it's about an inch and a half difference between the two height-wise, but the Skypods are amazing. I, I also carry a Atlas PSR, on a really right stuff. Arc amount um, in my backpack when I go to matches. And pretty much, I, I use the Atlas for uh, shooting off of tires and cars. Um, the Skypod feet, and I could just switch the feet out, but I like the claw feet on everything else. Um, on cars, it just slides around a little bit, so I like the the Atlas feet. And then for tires, um, the, the downside, to the Skypod is it does have a wider footprint. So I'll carry the Atlas for, for things like that where I do need to bring in the footprint a little bit. Um, I use a Kestrel with applied ballistics. I, it's absolutely spot on. It's, there's so many different things you can do with it. I generally use the custom uh, drag models that they have stored. And input the velocity from the chronograph, and it it's money. I mean, it's 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 spot on to any of the distances that you typically shoot at a PRS match. I can't I honestly don't I can't remember the last time I didn't use a custom drag model and input the speed, and it wasn't accurate out to a thousand yards. It's just they're super easy. I love the the sector section in it there's i have another episode on that um but the the kestrel is just money i run the vortex radian tripod Uh, i think it's i think it's a great tripod um it's not the lightest on the market but it's it's pretty light for uh the size of it it's it's very sturdy the the one thing I do wish I, I would love to see Vortex come out with a two section leg tripod uh, specifically for competition, uh, like uh, Really Right stuff has has their two piece inverted uh, tripod, and I think Leo Photo has a two a two section leg as well. It's not a make or break thing if you have like a three or four section leg. I just personally I think Vortex has done. A good enough job with their tripods and getting into the market that I, I think it's a, fee, uh, a feasible next step to to release more of a uh, competition driven option. I'm not in I, I'm not in their sales department or logistics, so I don't know how feasible that is. But I do think that would be a really good option to see them come out with. Uh, I use Webad bags. Um, I've I've tried a bunch of different ones out um, right now. So I'm carrying everyday bag, I guess you could say, for just about everything. I use a tater tot with a heavy sand fill. I use that for uh, positional and and all different things. I started carrying a one of their Max Fortune cookies with the new edge fill. Uh, I got to use one of the Max bags. Uh, earlier this year and it is the most stable bag I've ever shot off of the downside is it is big and it is heavy I don't think it's a you know probably not the one and only bag to carry but for props where uh, you can get a nice big bag on there or if you have a stage where you can use two bags it's great Then I also, I just started using a mini tater tot with the, uh, what do they call it? The specs light, light fill. And I use that for my rear bag. I've had a, a couple deals where like the heavy, the sand fill will settle what I'm using as a rear bag. So I got this, it's freaking awesome. Then I have a wee bad plate bag. Attached to a Gray Ops Mini Plate Pro to put to put on the front, the end of the fore end for when you're doing tripod rear. You don't have to have that many bags. It may be overkill that I have three bags, but I like it and they all serve a purpose. Um, I also use uh, Armageddon Gear tripod caddy on the vortex tripod it's it's a little deal it velcros on in between the legs and then and so you've got you know little pockets for pins and a kestrel and it's got a little fold-out deal uh, that you can keep your matchbook in right on write your data down it's got a couple pockets you can keep mags or whatever and then it's got a deal that goes in between all three legs it's a little net that holds you know, hold something with I freaking love it. The, the only downside to it is if you're at a match and it gets super windy, it turns your tripod into a sail. Um, or if you're gonna use tripod rear a lot, um, taking that on and off, it can kind of be a pain. But I do really like that thing. It's just nice to have everything right in front of you. Easily accessible and it's just kind of a, a little nice little mental checklist as you go through things. Uh, I use the Vortex UHD binos. These binoculars are freaking awesome. I, I've taken them hunting. I've used them at matches. I have the 12x50s. 12, the twelve by 50s. Um, When I bought them, they were my first nice pair of binoculars, and I wanted something I could use for everything. If I was going to buy a, a set specifically for PRS, I would get the 18s. I would like to get a pair of 18s for the match and keep the 12s for, like, hunting. Uh, But the UHDs, I I don't see – I'm starting to see more of them. I I don't see just a tremendous amount of them. A lot of people run the Swarovski uh, lineup. Um, I've looked through a few sets of them. You know, Swarovski has, you know, a phenomenal pedigree of having – top-notch glass, but I love these UHDs. I've never felt like I was under glassed, and I've used, I've spent countless, countless hours behind them, and they're phenomenal. Um, Data card, uh, so I, there's, there's a million different options. You can get stuff that attaches to your rifle. You can get stuff that you put on your on your forearm. I just use a simple little wrist coach from Academy. They're like $7. Um, and like this thing's lasted like three years. I need I need, I need, need to go get a new one, mainly just because like the plastic that you look through is just kind of getting gross from being outside so much. But it's cheap and it, and it works really well. You just put index cards in it, you're good to go. Uh, then I, I carry fix it sticks in my bag and I keep them here at the shop. Um, the fix the fixit sticks are the shit. I think they're just amazing. They they have a bunch of different kits, or you can piece together different things. But I mean, you can, you can literally tear your rifle apart, put it all back together, torque everything to spec, and you have all the tools in a little bag that's like the size of your hand. Um, they're they're awesome. Um, ammo. So bias. I run my Phalanx arms ammo. It's gonna depend on what cartridge that you decided on, you know, whether or not you're gonna have factory offerings or if you're gonna reload. So for those of y'all that don't know, Phalanx Arms, so I offer all the common PRS cartridges, Dasher, uh, the Creedmoor's GTs, you know, all that stuff. So if you don't reload and you but you want one of these more popular six millimeter offerings that stereotypically doesn't have factory offerings, give me a call. You can have factory hand-loaded ammo and I offer a reloading service when it's, when it's all shot up. Ship the brass back a couple weeks and you get all the same stuff fired from your gun try to make it super easy. But, or you can reload, um, you know, tons of guys reload. Um, It's just really gonna depend on what what you choose. So that's all the popular stuff, stuff that I run. For, I think, absolute necessities, you need a rifle, a scope, a a first focal plane scope with adjustable turrets, one shooting bag, a ballistic solver, and ammo those are probably the key things that I think you have to have um, if, if you've never even been to a match don't buy anything find someone that you know um, they they may have something that you can borrow or just bring whatever you've got and generally most people will let you borrow stuff but if you're gonna like start going out on your own those are probably the necessities Everything else you can kind of add on as you progress and what you you know find what you like and what works and what doesn't and and some some things like that. If you're on a budget, now like I said, PRS can be an expensive sport, but there are some things that you can do if you're wanting to, you know, get into it and and have you know the niceties. If you're going to go production or even want something that's going to, you know, be more on the budget side, uh GA Precision and the Masterpiece Arms production rifles are phenomenal. It's essentially a custom rifle that's a production rifle. You know, there's a couple things, you know, that they bring, you know, the price down on and you know, and they're they're pumping, you know, quite a few of them out. Those are really good options. If you're going to go a custom, you know, that you want to spec out um, but still someone on a budget. The Zermatt Origin Action is phenomenal, and it's like 900 bucks. Proof Barrel, Trigger Tech Special. Uh, stocks and Chassis, man, really they all, uh, for for the nicer options, um, they really kind of start at about 900 and go up. Um, I, I would suggest a foundation um they're I think 1180 um the, you know there's a couple options you can get for like, you know maybe hundred 200 bucks less the foundations aren't crazy expensive and they're phenomenal uh you can run Hawkins uh bottom metal uh Hawkins like the heavy tactical rings a loophole mark 5 and like a Harris bipod you know so you're uh with that setup, you're probably going to be in the mid fives, mid five thousands, you know, depending on, you know, a few things if you buy it used or, or whatever the case may be. But that's that's the rundown on what you need to shoot PRS, what everyone's running, what I what I would suggest. If you have questions about setups, um, you know, different components you want to get a rifle put together, give me a call or check out the website, failings-arms.com. Pretty much all of these things are available on the website. The components, the ammo, the reloading. Um, or if you just have questions, give me a shout. I, I'm happy to help you, you know, help point you in the right direction or give you my my thoughts. But that's, I appreciate it, guys. Um, there's a million different ways you can go with this, but that's the direction I would, I would point you towards. Appreciate you guys listening. If you have any questions or have any comments, reach out to me. It's Phalanx Arms on Facebook and Instagram. There's a YouTube channel and now there's a Phalanx Arms podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Google podcast. I appreciate it guys. Let me know what you think. And I'll see you on the next one.